0: Welcome to Welcome to the Hallowell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 4, Episode 7 of Charmed.
1: Normal again.
0: Oh, no, no, no. You mean normal again. Yep. <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, no. The episode's called Brain Drain.
0: But but seriously, this is normal again. Let Let me amend that. This is a good version of normal again.
1: The Buffy episode.
0: The Buffy episode. The worst episode of Buffy. Okay, I know Worse
1: I've, than Beer Bad?
0: Worse than Beer Bad. I will stand by this. Okay. Because it is the, whoa, what if it was a It was the edgy version of, whoa, what if it was a dream the whole time?
1: That ending is so terrible. Uh, it, of Buffy, not of this. Where, yeah, Normal Again is the episode of Buffy where the trio makes her think that- Puts a spell on her so that she thinks that she is- in an insane asylum, and all of the Slayer stuff has been a delusion. And then the last shot of the episode is like, oh no, we lost her in the asylum. Like, implying that everything we're watching is a delusion.
0: Yeah, it's it's the worst. It's the edgy version of the worst trope from when you were a kid. Like, what if it was a dream all along has never worked? It kind of worked in The Wizard of Oz. Because even then, you're like, oh yeah, but it, it also kind of did happen.
1: Well, so back when we were writing articles for our site, mm-hmm. I wrote an article about why this is the worst trope. Because it makes the world smaller. Why are you doing that? Like, what are you adding to the story by implying that it's not real? It's already a story. So unless you're giving us something... By get, by implying that, what are we doing here? Yeah. It's like that stupid Friends fan canon about Phoebe being like...
0: Oh yeah, the homeless woman who has her face pressed against the window and she's just imagining being friends with the Friends.
1: Like, that's
0: that, bad. What, that's what, a bad
1: head canon. It makes the world
0: smaller. Like, Why? And, and like you said, what does it add to the narrative? What does it add to the narrative if that's the case?
1: Yeah. No. Hate it. Hate it.
0: But this episode's a really, really good version of it, which is bizarre because, again, this is one of my least favorite tropes ever. I did, you know what, I did kind of like it when it was the original series finale of Once Upon a Time. And, you know, Emma was in the asylum and, Mm -hmm. you know, the Black Fairy had convinced her that everything that happened in the show was just delusions but it didn't work on Henry, and it's just Henry pointing out how stupid that plot is. It's it's two episodes of him being like, no, that's dumb. Shut up. Let's go kick the Black Fairy's ass.
1: So the thing about these tropes that are bad, mm-hmm. about any trope that's bad, is that I feel like when a trope is bad, stories that undercut that trope tend to be great. So, I mean, I'm going to go to that community episode where the psychiatrist... Not the psychiatrist, where the guy who's pretending to be a psychiatrist is actually hired by Chang to get the study group to not realize that he's kidnapped the dean and replaced him with an impersonator. Community gets weird.
0: Community gets weird pretty quick.
1: (laughs) Anyway, where that guy, played by John Hodgman, tries to convince them that greendale was an asylum and they were all in an asylum and then like two minutes later they're like wait why did you think that would work
0: yeah we all have pictures of stuff that happened on our phones and we could just look up that greendale's a college on the internet
1: and he's wearing a greendale backpack (laughs) yeah and and then of course i love i wanted to go rewatch it but i don't know what streaming service it's on because i couldn't find it but I'm probably just going to watch that one sequence on YouTube in The Magicians.
0: Yeah, where, where Quentin gets trapped in the fake, magical, insane asylum.
1: But that one works because never for one second does Quentin fall for it. It's just about, okay, how do I break out of this? And the way he finally figures out how to break out of it is he knows that... I was going to say friend, but Penny's not really his friend. But he, he knows that one of his compatriots is a telepath. And so he starts singing to Shake It Off so that Penny can because hear
0: that... He... Because he knows that Penny hates that song. And oh, it's such a good episode. I, I really turned around on the Magician's TV show. The first time I tried watching it, I really didn't like it because it's totally so different from the books. I know you don't like the books as much as I do. Or at least the first book and the third book. The second book is just...
1: Oof. Just to be clear... You also hate the second book, not that I like the second book, just so our listeners understand.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, that, yes. Very clear to it, very important to establish. But I did end up turning around on the TV show. I feel like it's at its worst when it's trying to do the really cool parts from the books, though. Because, like, I think the coolest thing in the entire series is Alice's fight with the Beast.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Would you agree on that point? Yes. Yeah. Like, it is a super awesome moment and it's where Quentin realizes that he's been living his life as though he's the protagonist when Alice is actually the protagonist and mm-hmm. he's just a supporting character.
1: Well, the thing is, that wouldn't that wouldn't work thematically in the TV show because even though Quentin is the main character and does start off as the main character, just the way television shows work, we're not trapped in Quentin's head, and everybody gets to have their their moment, and it becomes much more of an ensemble show. Whereas the book is allowed to keep us trapped in Quentin's head. A very similar thing happens with True Blood.
0: Yes. Oh, I was about to mention that. Like Tara in the True Blood TV show is one of my favorite characters of all times. Tara's barely a character in the books, even though she's in basically all of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, she barely does anything.
1: Yeah. She's so tertiary, because in the books, we're trapped in Sookie's head. Now, Sookie is not as terrible as Quentin, so that's not as terrible. Yeah. But in the True Blood books, which are, by the way, not called the True Blood books, they're called the Sookie Stackhouse Mysteries. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's where we are. we are. We're in there, in her head. Whereas, you know... True Blood, we get to explore, see more things in the world. I love the Magicians TV show. In fact, I saw a TikTok just uh, yesterday when I was watching it on the train. Watching it, do you watch TikTok?
0: I think it more happens to you.
1: Yeah, it really does. Anyway, I was scrolling through TikTok on the train, and I saw a, I saw one, I saw a video about adaptations that are better than the books they're based on mm-hmm. and i was going to stitch with that and add add mine to it and i was definitely going to add the magicians better than the books they're based on and just to add on there also a simple favor mm. way better than the book is based on um legally blonde couldn't even get through the book
0: oh my god did you the know book it was is book? so terrible well, yeah you you yeah, yeah i had it i also had the sex in the city book that they uh show is based on. Which... See,
1: that's interesting because Sex in the City, the TV show, for all of its flaws, and I actually watched a really great TikTok about that yesterday as well, but Sex in the City for All Its Flaws is so much better than the book for a similar reason in that it's it's a totally different animal. Mm-hmm. Like, the book is just a collection of Candace Bushnell's columns, right? So the book is like you're just reading the shit you hear Carrie typing at the end of every episode. Of course the show is better. I mean, it's like saying, and also somebody did say this, but it's like saying Mean Girls is better than Queen Bees and Wannabes. That's not fair. It's a totally different thing.
0: Yeah, Queen Bees and Wannabes was like an advice book or a it guide. Was like, it
1: know. was like an anthropological study of
0: of high schoolers. Of high
1: schoolers.
0: Yeah, so that's unfair.
1: Yeah, but it, it's it's like that. But yeah, the series is better, although. Anyway,
0: we should actually talk about this actual episode of Charmed that we're actually here to talk about.
1: Which, weirdly, better than the Buffy episode it's, it's riffing on.
0: So much better. But it does open with Alyssa Milano doing baby voice, so there's that.
1: <laughs> now that I've read that part to you out of Rose McGowan's memoir, you're just like...
0: I'm hyper-focused on it now. Or just regular focused, but very intensely.
1: Yeah, you're very, very aware of her baby voice now.
0: Piper is trying to bake cookies for a friend's baby shower, and she's burned them. She's
1: like, why can't I remember how to make cookies? That is a very good question, Piper. I'm not a chef, and I know how to make cookies.
0: Well, and uh, and Phoebe's like, well, it's good that you're not a chef anymore. And I'm, always, I'm like, wow, that's... How long has it been? It's been a while since Piper was a chef on this show.
1: Yeah. Although I kind of want to be fair to Piper now that I just criticized her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's so easy to bake chocolate chip cookies. What are you doing, Piper? But also, also I do know from many, many seasons of Top Chef that if you are a chef, desserts tend to be your downfall because baking is a totally different animal than cooking.
0: Yeah, baking is a uh, baking is a science, cooking is an art.
1: Right. Chocolate chip cookies, Piper. Get your shit together.
0: Well, she's distracted because over the last few years, for various very good reasons, the uh, Hallowell sisters have drifted away from their old friends.
1: Okay, okay. She's blaming magic for this. The fact that she, you know, has to so much of her time taken up with magic and shit. Mm-hmm. I hate to tell you this, Piper, but that's just what it is to be in your 20s and 30s.
0: Yeah, that is a very major part of becoming an adult is starting to drift away from your friends it it, it happens you just
1: you run you don't have as much time and for instance she's getting ready to throw a baby shower for one of her friends like that's what happens your friends have babies they get promotions like stuff is going on in their life and you're not in college where you're all like in close walking distance of each other anymore and i mean
0: yeah we have to drive like 30 to 40 minutes to get to a party yeah and we don't live that far away from everyone
1: Well, it's because our friends who generally throw the parties live basically as far as they could
0: from where we live while still
1: being on on the same side of the river of this city. I mean, if our friends lived on the other side of the river, forget it. We wouldn't even be friends anymore.
0: Charmed. So, yeah, Piper, although, okay, okay, before we get, like, back into it, back into it, Piper's friends don't know about magic. So from Piper's friends' perspective, Grams' death would be sort of... The point where the split happens, but more importantly, probably Phoebe returning to town. Let's Mm -hmm. think about this from an outside perspective. You have a friend. Her grandmother dies. Her estranged sister comes back into town. They start losing contact with everyone. Uh, One of your friend's kids is kidnapped from a party they attend. One of the rare times they actually come to one of your parties. He's recovered later under weird circumstances. Mm Mm-hmm. You continue not to hear from these sisters until one of them dies. Then suddenly there's a new girl living in their house, also a brunette. They're still not talking to anyone. Like something you would think something weird was going on.
1: Okay, so I wouldn't. Mm. And here's why. We know from Paige's introduction. That these sisters are semi-famous locally, right? Like, Prue's a photographer for the local magazine.
0: Piper runs the club. Oh, also, Piper gives up on her lifelong thing of being a chef to suddenly open a nightclub.
1: Okay, it's weird.
0: I think criminal. I think something criminal was going on.
1: No, I would think that she just, like, for whatever reason, had an issue at work. Knowing what I know about the restaurant industry, I would assume that she had, like, had a Me Too moment with one of her bosses, uh. even though that, that, that wasn't, obviously, Me Too, the movement had not started at the po- this point, but, you know, that's what I would assume had happened, and that she was kind of traumatized from it, and then I would assume she had received some sort of monetary windfall from her grandmother's death, and that she had decided to just purchase a club and kind of lock herself away from that. I would assume that the sisters weren't calling and reaching out as much, because... Now that Phoebe's back, and I know she's kind of troubled. I assume she's just got all sorts of shit going on that they have to deal with, like, all the time. Mm. And then... When When Prue dies. When Prue dies, which...
0: Mysteriously. I
1: don't think it's that mysterious. She died in a storm, like...
0: Uh, A hurricane. At, At this time of year, in this part of the country, localized entirely in your front hallway.
1: Like, no like dark or anything but what you're describing is a tornado and people do die that way
0: someone is blown through a wall inside of their house
1: okay along with
0: a doc with along with a strange doctor
1: i'm sure a lot of the stranger details are not made public and since they're kind of semi-famous locally Paige being their illegitimate sister is probably not a secret. That's probably just known. It's probably, there's probably some gossip that's like, oh my God, did you hear? Patty had a kid she gave up for adoption. Like, that's probably known.
0: I would think something was up, is all I'm saying. Oh,
1: I mean, I would too, but I would think it was something dynasty and scandalous, not magical. I wouldn't jump to magical. Oh, no,
0: I would assume crime.
1: Oh see, I just assume like your basic
0: Just the night daytime
1: club. TV drama. I guess there's a lot of crime in daytime TV, but yeah, I would assume just basic sex drama. Just
0: them opening a nightclub and you know, Piper has a boyfriend that she's really light on the details. Like she claims he used to be a doctor. I don't know.
1: Okay. I don't I don't feel like I'm gonna be able to talk you into this. But I really want to do a series of TikToks with you where we're Piper's friends gossiping about what happened to Piper. Can we can we can we do that?
0: I will not commit to that on the air. I am less against it than you might think, but I'm not going to commit to it. Okay, let's get back into the episode. Piper needs this to go well.
1: And Phoebe goes to get some milk, and oh no, they're out of milk. And Paige put the empty container back in the refrigerator instead of tossing it and writing down on the list that they need milk, which really pisses Piper off. And I'm not naming names, but there might be someone in this room right now who does this, and that might make me feel crazy when they do that. I'm just going to say that.
0: (laughs) There is a little bit of milk left in there. It's a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's not like she did something truly horrendous like put an empty box of Girl Scout cookies back in the cabinet, making her wife think that there were still Girl Scout cookies, and then having this disappointment when she reached for them, and the box was empty.
0: I'm laughing, but I am sorry about that. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. It's
1: fine.
0: So Phoebe starts pressuring Piper. She changes the subject away from Paige to start pressuring Piper into having a baby. Okay, this is really weird because this actually becomes sort of like a running character thing for Phoebe over the course of the show.
1: Yeah, she had a premonition, uh, not just a premonition, a whole, like, whole ass...
0: She had a vision when they first went, she went on a vision quest when they first found Magic School and she had this whole, like, future sight thing of her having a daughter. And then that was all she cared about for the last three seasons was trying to make that vision come true.
1: Right, that's stuff that hasn't happened yet. I'm talking about the vision she had in Morality Bites, where Piper had a child, and so now she's like, Piper, you have to have a child to make my vision come true, even though that's not how visions work.
0: Well, it wasn't a vision. They traveled into the future.
1: That makes it even worse! Phoebe, whatever happens is going to happen, and you you don't want to replicate that future exactly. Remember,
0: <laughs> you got burned at the stake, but also, and as as Piper points out, a lot of stuff has changed.
1: Yeah, but Prue was around in that vision, if in case you forgot.
0: Yeah. She was blonde. Oh my God, she was blonde. Yep. She was blonde in the future. This is what happens when you're even the little tiniest amount of blonde in this show.
1: Yeah, that's why, why I went back to black hair.
0: Yeah. yeah, To be safe for safety.
1: By the way, I've, I've, I, I have I've dyed my hair back to black, which is the color I feel like is my natural color. Mm. I mean, like, it's not, but it's the color that I feel most natural yeah. having. And I also bought a bunch of new tops for work because I needed nice work appropriate tops that were short sleeved, but I just went to target and grabbed like four tops. I didn't try them on or anything. And so I didn't realize until I got home, how poofy all the sleeves were, which is just to say that I keep catching my reflection in the mirror and going, Oh my God, is that Paige? (laughs) But no, it's just me and my poofy sleeves and black hair.
0: So yeah, Phoebe's very insistent that Piper needs to get pregnant soon. If she's going to have the little girl that they saw in the future, Which, Phoebe, you never saw Piper's daughter in the future. You were busy being burned at the stake, but whatever.
1: Whatever. Anyway, then Cole shows up looking really shitty, by the way. Cole is looking... Rough. Yeah, and and, I mean, like, shitty, like, he looks like he's lost ten fights in a row this whole
0: episode. And he's, he's... Phoebe is so awful to him in this scene. He's trying to get their attention. He's like guys 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 and phoebe's like come on piper get pregnant i want to have a baby through not you. right
1: now cole i'm trying to interfere in my sister's sex life
0: and cole ends up getting their attention by blowing on his hands yeah he is he has been through the ringer this man
1: yeah he tells piper to freeze the room except for him Because there is a chameleon demon in the room. And Piper, being the good witch that she is, takes the opportunity to blow up Paige's chair that she hates. Like, oh, I thought it was the chameleon demon. Never mind.
0: Yeah. But no, it turns out that the lamp that they realize they've never seen before... This is a really good time to do this, by the way. Because the house would be full of unfamiliar furniture, but... Uh, yeah, it turns out that the lamp that's been hanging out for a while is not actually Paige's. It is a demon. Uh, Cole, like, he, he turns back into a demon. He tosses Phoebe and Piper ar- across the room. And Cole gets in an energy ball fight with him.
1: Yeah, he blows off one of the chameleon demon's arms, which splatters into green goo that goes all over the baskets for the baby shower. Also, oh. yeah, Paige comes down the stairs carrying a basket of laundry and listening to her Walkman, and when Cole throws an energy bolt and it accidentally hits her, she orbs away so the energy bolt doesn't hit her, and then orbs back, and somehow this makes the laundry basket disappear, but she's still holding on to her Walkman.
0: Yeah, she when she orbed, the laundry basket fell down, but her Walkman came with her. I guess... Probably because the things are in her ears, maybe?
1: Well, this is this is 2001, oh, I guess they were. so it would have been over-the-ear headphones.
0: I guess maybe her orbing thought that it counted as clothing?
1: I guess. Well, as they say later in this episode, don't question the rules. Yeah. That's the other thing about this episode. There's a lot of stuff going on that's just, like, commentary on some of the more ridiculous aspects of charms, and I think that might be one of the reasons you like it so much. Yeah.
0: Well, I like it cuz it's genuinely really well done. Oh yeah, yeah. Like unusually so for charmed, one might even say
1: so mean, so mean.
0: So, uh Leo is doing the post-fight uh healing and he asks how long the chameleon demon was hiding in the house and
1: he heals the tiniest little cut on Phoebe's forehead. But I guess it's the last thing he got to. I'm sure he triaged
0: And apparently he's been here for, like, three weeks, and that's why the source hasn't been attacking them, because he's been gathering information. Source is a he, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I guess, yeah.
1: I mean, I think the source is genderless, but possesses different bodies, and is currently...
0: In a a, male demon body. In a
1: male demon body, based on what we learn later about how the source works. Mm. So, Paige wants... Some recompense for her chair being blown up. And they're like, that's not how magic works, Paige. You have to give and give and you don't get to use it for personal gain. Why the fuck do you want to be a witch? I, which I guess is the question of this episode. Mm-hmm. But seriously.
0: I, I love how much Paige does not care about the demon. She's like, so, we'll, we'll, well, can can we report this to like our homeowner's insurance? Or And they're like, oh, Paige, do you think you own this house? Oh, we're, poor Paige. You're lucky we're barely charging you rent.
1: She's, like, clutching the uh, the pillow from the chair that got blown up. Poor, poor Paige. Poor Paige.
0: But her sisters are all business until some blonde lady comes to the door. Apparently a friend of theirs, some blonde lady.
1: Yeah, Becca, she's the person who's co-throwing the baby shower with... Piper, who's like, I'm um, sorry there was uh stuff happening in our living room, so uh we can't do the party here.
0: It's so weird that there wasn't a like evil twist with this woman.
1: Because she's blonde?
0: Yes, because she's blonde, but also because I mean I get it, it's a concern thing, but it comes off so passive aggressive when they're like, Oh, we might not be able to make it because something's come up, and she's like, Oh, that's so sad. You've been missing so much stuff recently. I'm like, that's one of those things that sa- that can, even when it's completely sincere, sounds kind of like you're throwing shade.
1: Okay. Since you brought it up, let's look at it from the friend's point of view. Mm-hmm.
0: Like we did earlier. Like
1: we did earlier. They've been getting blown off by the sisters repeatedly, like over and over and over again. And I'm sure that when Prue died, they were like, oh my God, I should have made more of an effort to reach out to them. And now she's dead. And I'm not going to let that happen with Piper. Probably also Phoebe a little bit, but you know, I'm sure none of them were really friends with her. Yeah. And Piper is unreachable too. And now she's finally like, okay, I'll come join you. And then at the last second, she's like, oh, things are suspicious. She can't come to my house, even though we planned it ahead of time and I didn't call you or anything. Um, Let's just go to my club. I'm going to shuffle you off. And it's like, do you not want to be friends with us? <laughs> like, they must feel like that.
0: Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know what I literally just said, that she comes off like she's being passive-aggressive. But no, there, there, there is reason to be concerned here, as we established. There's a lot of reason to be concerned here. But Piper is insistent uh, on still throwing the baby shower. She goes off with the blonde woman as Phoebe's like, oh, demon, demon, demon. And Piper's like, shut up, I need this.
1: Yeah, so she's going to go to the grocery store and buy some stuff because I guess... You can throw together a baby shower at the last second like that. Sure. Why not? They did it on Friends.
0: Speaking of 24-hour party people.
1: Right? The 24-hour party people, for our listeners who are not aware, are the people who are at the parties in the background on Friends, even though we literally never see them interact with anyone else. But apparently they somehow have Friends to throw parties.
0: There's even a joke in one episode. I think one of the strongest jokes in Friends... Where they're all hanging out at Monica's apartment and someone knocks at the door and they're looking around and you even see Phoebe counting. Yeah, because they're all there. Because they're all there. Who
1: could be here? I don't even remember who's there.
0: Yeah, I don't remember either, but like...
1: I bet it's one of Rachel's sisters.
0: So, in the underworld, the chameleon demon comes in and he's like...
1: His name is Alistair.
0: Alistair. An
1: easy way to remember that his name is Alistair is that the actor who plays him is also named Alistair, but spelled differently.
0: Jesus. Jesus. So Alistair comes in and he's like, hey, source, my cover got blown, but I got all this juicy information. Like, did you know that that Phoebe's pressuring Piper to have a baby, but Piper's not sure about it because of all the demons? And the source is like, well, that seems like a good thing to, you know, base my entire plan on and fireballs the guy after shapeshifting into him.
1: Yeah. He's like, wait, why do I need a chameleon demon? I can change into look like anything.
0: I could have been the lamp.
1: The weird, the weird thing to wonder is why he feels the need to look like Alistair for the rest of the episode when he could look like anyone.
0: Yeah, like the reason, like he, he starts talking like he's going to kill Alistair after Alistair tells him the one fact he learned in his three weeks there. And Alistair's like, you can't kill me. You can use me as bait because the sisters will be after me. And Oh,
1: oh, okay. I didn't, I... I totally miss that on any of the times we watch this.
0: But, I mean, he doesn't really need to look like Alistair for the rest of the episode after he lures them and gets Piper. Like,
1: I mean, I'm sure they don't have a strong memory of what he looks like. I mean, I guess they do, but... The,
0: he's a figure in a cloak.
1: The shit... Well, but also the shit he does as the doctor, you know, later on in this episode, is bad enough he could look like anything and they'd still try to kill him. There's no luring in this episode.
0: Yeah, it kind of doesn't make sense. I think it's just because they know the source isn't all that intimidating. And like...
1: And they did have this very creepy actor.
0: Yeah, like, it's sad that this guy is more intimidating than Cloaky McDeep voice.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, they had Alistair Duncan. They were going to go with it, so...
0: Yeah, so the source kills Alistair, shapeshifts into him, and is like, haha. now that I know that Piper wants to have a baby but can't commit to it because of all the demons and... Also, you know, she's less into the craft, according to that naked lady I keep on that table.
1: And then he's like, naked lady, where is she now? And the seer is like, well, there's only two places she could possibly be, the manor or P3. You know she's not at the manor. I give you one other guess where she is. Remember how we used to do phone transitions where someone would be on the phone, like in the manor, and then they'd be talking to someone at work, and then we would cut to them at work? Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like we haven't done a lot of phone transitions, but now we get a crystal ball transition where she sees Piper in the crystal ball at P3 and then we cut to P3.
0: We're going to get a lot of those when we get to the Charisma Carpenter Seer stuff. Yeah. What was it? Kira. I was like, she had a really simple name.
1: I can't wait till we get to Kira. I have a lot to say about her, I think. Anyway.
0: I can't wait till we get to Drake talking about Billy Zane. Oof. So, woof, they did not have to go that overboard making Billy Zane the sexiest man on earth. Also, if they could do that for him, why don't they do that for other love interests in this show?
1: I think this might be a you thing. I mean, he's fine, but I think this might be a you thing.
0: He's head and shoulders above every non-Cole love interest Phoebe ever got on this show.
1: Okay, I'm just going to say it's a good thing you slipped non-Cole in there, because Cole is the demon who owns my heart.
0: Yes, obviously Cole is the best love interest in Charm, but after him, I feel like Drake is a solid second. Yes, definitely. And I'm not just counting for Phoebe, I'm counting for all of the sisters. Oh yeah,
1: me too, me too. But Drake is really doing a Cole thing.
0: Well, Drake's... Reformed
1: demon.
0: But Drake is fun Cole. That's the difference. Drake is Cole with no angst.
1: Drake, Drake is Spike to Cole's angel. Yeah. There we go oh wow that is oh that tracks really well oh yeah okay wait why do i love drake more than cole then because spike is definitely superior to angel Mm. fight me
0: (laughs) Uh, that that brought me back to some early internet days (laughs) i never had a dog in the spike versus angel fight really I'm sorry, I hate all of Buffy's love interests. Right, you
1: you want her to be on Cooked Cookies.
0: Yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really sad to say, but Riley was kind of her best boyfriend. Uh, I don't have... Hey, hey, how many times did Riley try to kill her? None. Riley was just the boring guy she dated for a couple of years in college. Riley was her experimental phase.
1: Riley Riley never tried to kill her, which is a good thing. <laughs> but also, Riley knew he couldn't take her, and that made him feel inferior, and he took it out on her emotionally.
0: Yeah. Yes, because none of Buffy's other love interests ever took things out on her emotionally.
1: Oh, poor Buffy.
0: (laughs) Did you... I know you remember her entire relationship with Spike.
1: Okay, here's...
0: She literally punished herself by having sex with him. That was her punishment.
1: Spike behaved very badly in season's... Three through six. But. (laughs) But. But. His recognition that he behaved badly and his desire to be a man who was good enough for Buffy inspired him to earn a soul in contrast to Angel who was cursed with one, and had to like And and desired to be rid of it whenever he had the option to do so.
0: We're supposed to be talking about charm. Spike
1: earned a soul in order to be good enough for Buffy. And once he did that and she did not want to be with him, he accepted that and then died to save the world. And whether or not it was dumb that they gave the sun amulet to the vampire is beside the point!
0: The fact that they needed this whole-ass amulet to do something that Willow was doing back in season five. Oh my god, we need to get back to Charmed.
1: Please don't cut any of this.
0: I'm not going to. So, Piper- Oh my god, we're 10 into the episode!
1: Okay, let's do this.
0: So, so Piper is- doing her best to keep a handle on the baby shower. But, uh-oh, Leo's orbed in.
1: Leo orbs into the shower. Like, he's lucky no one saw him. And he's like, hey, Piper, come over here. We have to, like, do magic shit.
0: <laughs> and Piper's like, how are we supposed to have a baby if I can't even throw a baby shower? And Leo's like, what? How do you
1: think babies are made, Piper? I'm, I'm genuinely concerned <laughs> about the state of the American <laughs> education system.
0: So... He, he, so Piper's like, look, I have to say goodbye to people before I abandon them at the baby shower I'm throwing.
1: Yeah, she can't just do a Wiccan goodbye.
0: <laughs> so she says goodbye to the pregnant lady and the pregnant lady's like, well, you're going to visit me once I have the baby, right? And Piper's like, eh.
1: The pregnant lady actually does perfect face acting. She's like, fucking figures. <laughs> Whatever. At least we got to use her club for free or something.
0: So, I really, really like how business-like everyone's being back at the manor, because they're like, okay, step A, scry for the demon, capture the demon, torture the demon until he gives us the information that he gave the source so we know what the source knows, and then we can create plans to counteract any plans that he might be uh, using that information for. I don't
1: understand why this meeting couldn't wait till after the baby shower.
0: Yeah, that's actually a really good point.
1: Like... It's not like anybody showed up with new information. Either Piper shouldn't have left in the first place, which, okay, maybe, or it could wait until after the baby shower.
0: But Piper's, Piper's probably on your uh, train of thought there because Piper's like, hey, I have a hot alternate suggestion. Why don't we just send a message to the source being like, we're done? And they're like, what? And she's like, yeah. Why don't we just say, hey, source, you know what? We're good. You stop sending demons after us, we'll stop coming after you. And then maybe we can have a normal, regular life where people aren't trying to literally murder us all the time.
1: I mean, I'm sorry, Piper. That's not the way it works. I mean...
0: (sighs) He's literally the source of all evil. But
1: also, I'm so not on your side. You have the ability to defeat the source of all evil. I know I was just complaining about how much magic screws you over, but you don't get to opt out. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry.
0: I mean, that is basically what everyone is telling Piper right now. Like Leo's like, you can't, you're the charmed ones. You have a destiny. And Piper's like, what if we already fulfilled the destiny? We've, we've killed so many demons. We've done so much good. Why can't that be enough? And Phoebe's like, we just, we need to kill the source of all evil. After we kill the source of all evil, we'll be done. We'll be able to relax after the source is gone. We can just be normal people having normal lives.
1: Okay, listen, hot take. Mm-hmm. Maybe the source isn't the one you need to make a deal with. Maybe what you need to do is go to the elders and be like, hey, you know who we're the charmed ones? Well, now we're on salary, and this is what we do full time, and none of us has to work day jobs. Mm. I, it's, I know it's a conceit of these shows. It's the same thing with Buffy. It's the, it's the same thing over and over, but like, fuck that. No!
0: So, Phoebe whips out the Pay pr- me
1: or get the fuck out! Sorry, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> yes.
0: So, Phoebe whips out the Prue gun here, because Oof. she tells Piper, look, we need to do this until we kill the source. Otherwise, Prue died for nothing.
1: But it's not a gun. It's one of those lightsabers, like, Darth Maul uses, because it's got two sides. And Piper's like, hey, maybe... The fact that Prue died means we've done enough. Maybe I don't want any more sisters to die. Maybe I've lost enough to the fight against evil.
0: Which, yeah, fair. I'm. She doesn't bring it up, which I guess it, I get it. It would be kind of irrelevant. But, and I don't remember if this came here or later in the episode where uh, Phoebe, because t- Piper brings up the fact, you want me to have a baby. Can I have a baby while we're fighting evil? Can I have a baby in a house where people are Again, constantly trying to murder us. And Phoebe says, Hello, well, women have been doing it for generations, which is not a good argument. Nope. And this I mean, look what happened to your mother. Yeah, this would have been a really good time to bring that up, especially because we know in Chris's timeline, Piper dies when he's a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, four, yeah, 14's a kid. But yeah, Piper dies when Chris is 14 in his timeline, so...
1: Again, this is a common trope and I'm just going to bring up my very favorite book of all time called Legendborn that everyone should read. It's amazing. It's like descendants of Arthur and the Round Table who are demon fighters. Like, mm. it's amazing. But one of the things is a character learns that she carries a terrible legacy, which is that girls in her line, girls girls in her line will have immense amounts of power but lose their mothers early. Like, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's kind of a deal that was struck years and years ago. And yeah, it's, it's made explicit, but that is a trope in these stories, right? Like, I think, I mean, it goes back to Joseph Campbell, right? Hero's journey? Yeah. In the hero's journey, one of the final steps is that you, you, is the death of your mentor, right? That's why you have... That's why you have Luke witnessing the death of Obi-Wan in the first Star Wars movie. Like, that's a step in the hero's journey. And ongoing stories like this, coming into your power necessarily means that any figures who are protective of you die. Because that's how you, like, step into this this role, this warrior role. And it's like... It's the tragedy that comes with the power in these stories
0: I know the monomyth doesn't really track if you try to apply like every story to it
1: one well, also it's very eurocentric it's
0: very eurocentric but
1: we're talking about Western stories right here with charmed
0: yeah but I I, I was revisiting uh, I was revisiting the hero's journey recently as those of you who follow me on Twitter might know that's I, weird
1: I share a room with you and I didn't know that
0: yeah I I, I just I dipped into it a little bit. But one of the things I love about the hero's journey is that a full third of it is taken up from the return.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: the return itself is a multi-step thing, and it it basically talks about how you you have to unpack everything that happened during the journey, and that's part of the journey. You don't just go home and everything is fine.
1: Well, that's why the joke in Lord of the Rings where it has, like, five endings at the end because yeah. it's the. Like the return it's why that story is like there and back again
0: that was very irritating when i was actually watching the movie though
1: and yet
0: i have i have a friend who every year she would do a lord of the rings movie marathon and i'd make it usually through the first one and then i was almost always the first person to leave because those they're very well done i know they're very well done but i just i can't sit through
1: oh my god at risk of losing my nerd card so boring
0: thank you and I, everybody's
1: so excited about rings of power and i'm like oh so boring
0: you saw someone who somebody reposted this like thing from a photo shoot and they were like oh my god look how cheap the opening credits to rings of power are and i'm like I would honestly, because it was like an 80s style head turn for all the characters. Also, how excited are you for the Dungeons and Dragons movie with Chris Pine as a bard? Okay, we really need to get back to charm. Okay,
1: but first I have to tell you the only thing that made me consider watching rings of power was glenn weldon tweeting that there's this one like musical phrase in the opening credits that makes him think of the gallivant opening song and now oh. he can't think of anything else the only thing that might make me watch rings of power and then he was like who is this tweet for And i was like me glenn it's for me
0: the person who's indecisive about watching rings of power but loved Galvan. actually that probably describes a lot of people
1: do you think i mean it describes a hundred percent of the people in this room yeah i then we indecisive so for just not watching it.
0: Yeah, I mean... Uh, uh,
1: What's happening in Charmed? I don't even know anymore.
0: So in Charmed, uh, Piper has just uno-reverse-carded Phoebe's use of the Prue gun. Right, right, right. And she is going on this demon fight, but she is just aggressively not feeling it. To
1: quote Bob from Bob's Burgers, okay, I'll go, but I'm going to complain the whole
0: time. They end up in an alley, and Paige is like, I feel like I've been in a lot of alleys recently, and Piper's like, yeah, that only gets worse.
1: So what, what's funny to me is that they have the map with them, the map of San Francisco, with the pendulum, because they that's how they figured out which alley to go to, but they're, like, fine-tuning their <laughs> scrying. I don't know. It's just
0: this is why Billy's uh, GPS scrying actually makes a lot of sense later in the show. But
1: I might have been I might that might I might have been about to call that out as a time freeze at the end of this episode. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by might have been mean, I'm still going to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Piper's like, "Why don't we split up?" And Paige's like, "Really?" And Piper's like, "Yeah." The two of you are all the two of you put together are almost as competent as I am. And, uh, yeah, like, maybe if we split up, he'll be more likely to attack, because it'll be like we're on our own.
1: Can I point out that Piper is wearing, like, a really ugly brown granny cardigan? <laughs> like, that's the that's the sweater that signifies that you've given up.
0: Yes, this is the not feeling it outfit. This is the official uniform of not feeling it.
1: And she she's not just not feeling, she's not seen The invisible source disguised as Alistair... Sneak up on her, and then she can't freeze him because he's the source, baby. And then he, like, knocks her out and kidnaps her before Phoebe and Paige can save her.
0: Yeah, they they run into her alley just in time to see the source as Alistair evil, bamfing away from them. Okay, so, I know, I know my initial complaint with this episode is if he wants to break the power of three, why not just kill Piper here? Mm-hmm. But... Also, why did he, couldn't he just, like, leave Alistair's aura or whatever there? Like, it seems weird that he needed to disguise himself as Alistair because they only see him as Alistair for, like, a second.
1: Well, I mean, I feel like we've already discussed this and that the answer was they had Alistair Duncan and he was, he's a way better actor than whoever's inside that source cloak.
0: Yeah. So, the, the, the initial thing was, why not just kill Piper? And I had a couple things about this. The first thing I don't think is backed up by canon at all Mm -hmm. is that once the power of three exists, it always needs to exist in some form.
1: Oh, you mean it can't be broken. Like if one of the sisters is killed, they'll discover they have another sister
0: or, and this is, this is mostly based on a thing in the comics where there's a story arc where it looks like the power of three is going to pass to Piper's children because she has a daughter, uh, You know, she has a a daughter in, I think, the series finale.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. You know, when they... Yeah, right, right.
0: ...jump ahead in time. And it's a whole little story arc where it looks like Piper's kids are going to get the power of three. So I do think that there is some canonical precedent for him not wanting to just kill Piper because someone else will just get the power of three.
1: Well, when I was watching this show for the first time, I knew... I was watching it with a friend who had already seen the whole series. Mm-hmm. And I knew that at some point Prue was going to die. And when we got to the episode, uh, the fourth Hallowell. With was Aviva, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like way back in season one, right?
0: Yeah, that was like the fourth episode of season one. <laughs> and,
1: and I was like, oh, is she going to take over when Prue dies? Mm-hmm. And my friend was like, oh, no, that's an interesting thought. But no, but why not?
0: Yeah, honestly, I know, I know we've talked about this to death, but... I wish Charmed was more interested in building up its non-sisters, non-love interest supporting cast because Aviva would have been a great addition to the show. And it would have been cool to have someone who wasn't one of the sisters interacting, but who was a practicing witch interacting with Paige, having someone who does not have Charmed powers but is a more proficient witch.
1: 24-hour Sabbath people?
0: (laughs) No, because she would need to be reoccurring for that, but...
1: Yeah, no, it's it's true. I, I often lament how little interest Charmed has in the rest of the magical world. If Constance and Burge had stayed at the helm, I feel like the show would have been much more interested in the larger Wiccan community of San Francisco.
0: Mm. So we go from Piper getting kidnapped to the meat and potatoes of the episode.
1: So, like all episodes that take place in an asylum.
0: Yeah, this is a kind of cartoonish portrayal of mental health.
1: Oh, I was going to say it taking its cues from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Like, that's it. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest came out, a bunch of people in Hollywood watched it, and they were like, ah, this is how we shall portray mental hospitals Forever.
0: See, the thing is, it doesn't bother me in this context. Normally, it's one of the things that annoys me the most. Although, again, I did like it Once Upon a Time when Henry points out that that's not how actual mental health facilities work. Yes. When he was pointing out this this whole thing was just a, uh, you know, it was a new curse. The dark fairy, black fairy, whatever fairy had. Uh-huh. Uh, but, Rumpelstiltskin's mother. Rumpelstiltskin, yes.
1: It shows such a fucking mess. I love it so much.
0: But here in Charmed, I think it works because... Uh, The source has Piper trapped in this magical mental hallucination thing. And you can assume that either this is being shaped by the source of all evil Mm -hmm. or by Piper's subconscious, in which case it being a kind of not actually reflective portrayal of a place where, you know, you would treat.
1: Well, yeah, because that's that's. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, that's also Piper's reference for a mental hospital. That's also the source's reference, apparently. You know when it doesn't work?
0: When it's supposed to be real.
1: Okay, Uh, normal again, which is not supposed to be real, but Buffy reveals in that episode that when she first fought vampires between the movie and the series, presumably, her parents sent her away because they thought that she was delusional. So Buffy Summers was briefly in an institution, so her ideas of it should not be based on One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: And yet they are, because that episode is inferior to this one. That episode of Buffy is inferior to this episode of Charmed.
0: One of the things I really like about this episode, one of the things that I think makes it a top-tier episode and... I I set up the two things that I think make this work earlier, and I only said one of them. The thing that I love about it is that there's not ever a point where Piper actually believes the illusion.
1: Mm, Yes.
0: I mean, you could argue that there is near the end, but the point of this illusion is not to convince Piper that, you know, this is real, that, you know, she's been, heavy finger quotes here, crazy the whole time. The point of this simulation is to break her Mm -hmm. like the reason the source does not kill her is because this is the crueler way to destroy the power of three
1: he can take he can get her to give up her magic this way and uh, by the way we kind of went on a tangent about the portrayal of mental health in television so we didn't talk about what's happening which is that she is being told that Hallowell House is An institution that she has been...
0: Institutionalized in.
1: Yes. That Leo's just one of the doctors. Dr. Alistair is the doctor who's trying to get her away from her delusions. All the demon fighting stuff. It's all been a delusion.
0: Yeah. After her grandmother died, she had a complete mental breakdown. She thinks uh, she has convinced herself that she's a witch and that she's fighting demons. And she has episodes where she throws herself into walls. Ugh. See, the, yes. But I, again, the thing that makes it work is that we're never supposed to actually buy it. Right.
1: And, and that, that Piper never buys it. Not only we, the audience, aren't supposed to buy it, but the Piper doesn't buy it. Yeah. I think that's what separates... I, we talked at the top of this episode about times that this is done well. I think that's what separates times it's done well from, from you know normal again. It's when the person doesn't buy it.
0: Yeah. And honestly, when they don't try to do the I, the thing, I feel, I feel like Normal Again would be bad, but not the worst episode ever if they didn't have the end thing that implied that Buffy actually is in an institution and the whole series is in her head. If it wasn't for that last shot, I don't think it would be my least favorite episode.
1: Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Normal Again the last appearance of Buffy's father?
0: I believe it is, yes.
1: That's kind of perfect.
0: Also, when Joss Whedon was writing Astonishing X-Men, he had a throwaway line about Scott Summers having a cousin who was in a mental institution.
1: Fucking Joss. Yeah. He just ruins everything.
0: I'm like, okay, so so the Slayer stuff isn't real, but X-Men are. (laughs) Or are you going to write another thing where there's someone else named Summers who's like, oh, yeah, I have a cousin who's in an institution because he thinks he's a mutant superhero and has a delusion that he has a cousin who's in a different mental institution oh because she it's, thinks that she fights vampires? It's
1: normal again all the way down. Plus, don't forget, Scott Summers fought Dracula. But, oh,
0: no. Oh, no. Buffy's <laughs> the one who's wrong. Yeah. Fuck you, Joss. Vampires are a regular thing. In, in the Marvel Universe, the Runaways fought one in one of their first adventures.
1: Anyway, some orderlies dragon in, Paige, who is also a patient here. Okay, I am going to say a thing that makes me um, annoyed in this episode. And you know what? I don't think this happens in The Magicians. It's, just, so it's something that annoys me in this episode.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's not fair. It's not fair. But that's f- first thing that Piper did, that Piper tried to do, was cast a vanquish on Dr. Alistair, which did not work, possibly because she has no magic in here, because she's just in her head. Mm -hmm. Also possibly because she cast the vanquish for a chameleon demon, which he is not, he's the source in disguise. But she has no reason to think that she's in the manor except it's been disguised. So why would this be the real page? Why would this be the real Leo? I it just it just bugs me that she makes that assumption mm. when she goes upstairs looking for the Book of Shadows. This is not the real Manor, Piper, and I guess that's not fair. Like,
0: I mean, weirder stuff has happened in this show.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it could just as easily be like a magical glamour put over the Manor, but
0: yeah, that mind controls anyone who's in it.
1: Yeah, I guess. I guess that's fair. I guess. Yeah, okay. I I'm, I'm thought Ta- you
0: I, talked yourself around on well, that. I
1: mean, not really. Like, I'm still annoyed by it, but I acknowledge that my annoyance is not fair. Yeah. So.
0: So, I thought you were going to talk about the fact that Paige is wearing a sexy mental patient outfit. I was.
1: Okay, so she's not yet because they just dragged her in, and so she's actually still wearing her, her outside clothes. But I was going to talk about, so I may as well talk about it now, how they put... Phoebe and Paige in sexy versions of the of the the patient scrubs, right? Yeah. So like she has hers she has her scrub top, her patient scrub top. It's not called scrubs anymore if it's a patient's
0: Yeah, I, I don't know what you well, call it.
1: Whatever but- it is. She's got it like rolled up so that it's a midriff bearing top and then phoebe has sliced the sleeves of hers so that it's like got no sleeves and it's got kind of ties at the top
0: yeah so you can see Alyssa milano's arms you know how many push-ups Alyssa milano does it's a lot yep so yeah that when did girl interrupted come out
1: Ooh, i think right around now I think... earlier than this because i was still in high school when it came out
0: but uh yeah i feel like there was a thing about like Sexy Girl Mental Patience. I think that was a thing. Zack Snyder had that movie. You remember?
1: Sucker Punch? Sucker Sucker Punch Punch was... Okay, Girl Interrupted was before this. Sucker Punch was after this. And Sucker Punch... Have you seen it?
0: No, I have seen things about it, but I have not seen it.
1: I would say that Sucker Punch is the worst movie I've ever seen. But... I feel like whatever Sucker Punch is, it lacks too many things to be called a movie. It's, 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 it's just, a bunch of
0: stuff happening.
1: It's just a series of images flashed before your eyes at such a speed that it imitates the impression of movement. But to call it a movie seems a bit
0: much. Yeah
1: so bad so bad
0: yeah so that's that's gonna be a a thing it's not something i love but it's something it's not something i even like but it's something i've come to just sort of accept yeah i honestly didn't it didn't click for me the first time i watched it but then when i did a rewatch before we started talking about it it was like oh that's what they were uh, it's like the white noise of charmed at this point
1: the objectification of of
0: Whatever. The stars,
1: even when it's completely inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw this tweet because it was it was reposted on r/slash charmed, mm-hmm. which is a Reddit community that I I frequent. Um, the tweet was just okay. The tweet to start with was really gross, but it was, uh, Kelly Bundy, uh, Rachel from Friends, and Kaylee Kuoko, mm. uh, in Big Bang Theory, all wearing tight tops with their nipples showing through and it was like the caption said something like how to keep three generations of men watching TV and that itself was gross but then somebody wrote below that wait until I tell you about charmed (laughs) just the idea that somebody would be like look at this look at this centuries long exploitation of women and someone else's first thought was who charmed I feel like that says something
0: This is... I know we've talked about this so many times, but I'm going to bring it up again. You know what? I'm just going to bring it up again.
1: Brad Kern? And how terrible he is?
0: No, but yes. (laughs) The weird thing about Charmed is that it is so clearly a show that's supposed to be for women. Mm. Like... This is a show that I feel like is made for women and had a really big, strong, active female fan base, but it's full of fan service for dudes. And that feels like a really weird thing to me. Like, is it just so your boyfriend won't complain when you want to watch Charmed? I, like, d-
1: I don't know. It's kind of like, I I almost feel like that that very terrible thing they tell you in children's publishing that says that girls will read stories about boys but boys won't read stories about girls Uff. so so children's book writers are often told to make their protagonist male for that reason i kind of feel like that like women will ignore the gross objectification of women because it's just the background noise that they're forced to you know exist with and men will eat it up with a spoon and of course this whole statement is super heteronormative, although I have to feel like this is not what lesbians want.
0: No. Zena! <laughs> Zena is what lesbians want. There is a reason that despite all of the objectification in Charmed, Zena is the one that had the very strong lesbian fan base. And let me be clear, Zena is also a show that is full of objectifying women. But I
1: feel like it's different.
0: It's it, different. It, it is different. Speaking of objectifying women, I just, it's beyond me that the first seer we see working for the source is Naked Table Lady. That had to be so uncomfortable in shooting. Also, is she supposed to be Slave Leia? Is there supposed to be a oh Slave Leia? Oh, my God. Thing here? I,
1: I can't believe I didn't see that. But yeah, her outfit is literally a gold bikini and she's literally lounging on this, like, slab in the underworld. Yes, of course my thought was the thought from crazy ex girlfriend when uh uh hustle rip uh sees uh, it has has his verse in The sexy getting ready song. Mm -hmm. And then the after credits sequence where he's calling up all of the women to apologize. And one of the women he calls to apologize, he's like, I'm sorry I made you wear a gold bikini and dance on top of a car in my music video. I now understand that metal conducts heat. And that was probably very uncomfortable for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is a great show. Yeah. So... Yeah, she's explaining what's happening for those of us who weren't, you know, following the sources, you know, he's got Piper on an evil table and his hands are, you know, on her temples and they're glowing evilly and she's like, so what you're telling me is that you've got Piper Halwell trapped in an illusion, and you're going to use that illusion to find the pow- depowering spell for the Charmed Ones, and you're going to trick her into reading it three times to destroy the power of three? And Remember,
1: the- they destroyed that depowering spell back in season one after they fought Hannah and Rex.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, she tells him... This is using a lot of power, even for you, the source of all evil, so you're definitely going to be weakened and maybe vulnerable when they try to destroy you at the end of this episode. Mm.
0: And he's like, Yes, that is the situation. You have summed up everything the audience needs to know.
1: Meanwhile, back in Hallowell Manor, Cole has just returned from the Nickelodeon's Kids' Choice Awards.
0: <laughs> yeah, he is covered in demon goo. Which yeah, is, uh. He's
1: covered in the neon green slime. Because he found another chameleon demon and squeezed him until he popped. But apparently, in the time between starting to squeeze and when he popped, he revealed what was going on with Piper.
0: So, uh, yeah, some people are probably into that.
1: Oh, yeah, certainly. Not me, but certainly.
0: It's weird because after he tells them the information, Phoebe has a premonition and gets all the exact information. She's like... Oh, like Cole's like, the source of all evil has Piper and he's invading her brain, you know, to get her to destroy all of your powers. And then Phoebe has a premonition. She's like, oh my God, the source of all evil has captured Piper and has trapped her in an illusion in an attempt to get her to say the spell that destroys all our powers.
1: Okay, okay. Phoebe gets this premonition when she touches the Book of Shadows. She sees the source using their powers against them to kill them and take the book. And what a cheat to get a premonition from the book of shadows. Is the book of shadows not there every single episode?
0: Why not she? When not, whenever anything happens, just touch the book of shadows. A B T B S.
1: Always be touching the book <laughs> of shadows. <laughs> Anyway, Phoebe tells Cole what what I just told you, that they burned that spell after they fought Hannah and Rex. So there's absolutely no way that Piper could use it because, after all, it's not in the Book of Shadows. The only place it exists is Piper's head. You know, the place she's trapped right now.
0: Oh. And Phoebe's like, oh, we don't have to worry about that. Piper would never give up her powers. Piper never has wanted a normal life. And Paige is like, I don't know. She seemed kind of like she wanted to give up her powers this morning. And Phoebe's like, shut up. Shut up. I know her so much better than you. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Why? What? Piper always wants to give up her powers. It's like one of her go-to character traits.
1: Yep. Yep. Anyway, in... This is interesting. Mm -hmm. In Piper's delusion in her head, she is cuffed to a bed. And next to her, Paige is cuffed because they were both giving into their demon delusions or whatever. And Paige says that she really wanted to be friends with her and Phoebe, and she went along with their stupid witchy games because she wanted to be like a part of their of their coven. She wanted to be one of their friends, and that means that within Piper's head, she doesn't think of Paige as being a true witch. Hmm. She's she's tr- she's a facsimile. Of a witch. And she even says, you always told me, I'm not as good as Prue. I'm not the same as Prue. And she said, I never said that to you. And then Paige tells her, yeah, but I could tell.
0: I think it's interesting that in the context of the delusion, Mm -hmm. Piper doesn't have sisters. The doctor comes in and he talks about how Prue, a friend of hers, like... Got over the... Like, she she snapped out of it, and she left. And he was hoping that her getting better would make Piper get better, but it didn't. And Piper's like, yeah, not buying it. Not buying it. And he's like, you could see her if you wanted. And she's like, no. And that's the thing. That's, that's the, the
1: cruelty of the vision that you were talking about.
0: Yeah. Like, this doesn't further his thing at all, really. It's like, ah uh, just... And I feel like this is the most effective the source ever is in this show. The, like, abject cruelty, which I know I've said a lot. And I will say a lot more when we get to the baby scene later.
1: Mm, Yes.
0: Because, like, this is different than just throwing fireballs at you or, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to seduce someone into being your evil bride. Like, this is...
1: He's taunting Piper with the things that magic has taken from her. Both actually with Prue and in her head with... The ability to have children like if you want to have children just go raw dog Leo for a month. It's not that hard. Was that too was that too crass? Well okay can I get like can I get like real here after I said something so incredibly crass? Yeah. Uh, as we are recording this it is currently the year of our Lord 2022 which means we have been living through basically the apocalypse for the last two years. Mm -hmm. To say nothing of the four before that Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so The decision to have a child In that environment Was a thought Like there were thoughts But And and I respect people who have Looked around the world and said no But our thought was yeah Because that's You know that's how you Embrace life right
0: yeah, we're gonna have. I feel like a couple of difficult topics to address when we get to Piper's issues with fertility Oof. later this season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is sort of a natural reaction to.
1: But the question of like what the question that Piper is grappling with right now, and we've talked, we've talked before about how Charmed was a show that was written at the end of history even though we're we're in the episodes now where history was restarting, people were like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. But Charmed is a show that, at least now, was written at the end of history. And Piper is grappling with what does it mean to have a child in a world that is uncertain and dangerous? And first of all, as an American, it's a privilege to have been thinking that. Mm -hmm. Like, I recognize, especially, and when I say, I I know I've given this disclaimer before, but when I say the end of history, like, the end of history...
0: For a very, very certain group of people.
1: Yes, for for privileged people in one geographical area. Which is what I'm saying, right? Piper being like, how do I have a child when the world is treacherous and dangerous? Is a question lots and lots of people have thought about. This is not unique to you, Piper. Like, I... I respect that it's something that you personally have to grapple with, but you're not the only person. You're not the first person to grapple with this question, which I guess is kind of what Paige was saying when she said that war, she, hell of all women, when she said that war women have been doing this forever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Welcome to like being a human being in the world, in the imperfect fallen world that we live in, Piper. I guess I just have... I have so little patience for this. You would think I had—I would have more.
0: So Phoebe shows up in the room where Paige and Piper are strapped down, and she's like, "I'm using my witchy powers to free you," and she just starts untying them.
1: She's she's she's,
0: she's doing baby voice. So I can't do it. She's
1: also eating a chocolate chip cookie. Okay. Remember, because Piper oh, and yeah, the chocolate chip cookies at the beginning of the episode. So they go to the attic to find the Book of Shadows. But before they go, Phoebe grabs her broom, you know, for flying on. And up in the attic, they find Cole being subjected to electroshock therapy.
0: In an attic. It's just the attic. with, Like, I I guess I appreciate him trying not to make this look like a hospital at all.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. But like, tell me that your idea of psychiatry comes from "One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest" without telling me.
0: Yeah, Cole is being electroshocked, and Piper basically cold cocks the guy who's doing it and... with
1: the broom. Okay, <laughs> she taps him lightly with the broom, and this somehow knocks him unconscious. Okay. And Phoebe runs up to Cole and is like, no, he's good now. And Cole, of course, while he's being electrocuted, is like, no, I am Balthazar. And I just have to point out that his skin is glowing red as he gets electrocuted. Like, mm. what is that even?
0: So Phoebe runs over and starts kissing him after Piper knocks the guy out. And then she gets the Book of Shadows. And it's this, like, sketchbook that I love it. I love that the first page they flip to is the Ice Cream Man page. Yes, because like, that is
1: a Objectively ridiculous demon.
0: Like, and it's, it's like, it's got like crayon drawings and crayon writing about whatever, but just the fact that the page they open to is the ice cream. Who got that prop? That's what I want to know. Oh, right. Yeah.
1: Forget the big book of shadows. Yes. Yes. They also see the page of Balthazar, which, you know, other than being written and drawn in crayon, it seems like a normal entry for Balthazar. So Piper is trying to figure out how to free them, given that this is not the real book. And maybe she needs to get them out of the manor, because maybe this isn't the real manor, but she still thinks it's her real sisters. And Paige is like, how come you aren't under a spell if we're under a spell? And Phoebe's like, you don't question the rules! They don't make sense! You just don't question them!
0: It is... Yeah, this scene has a lot of meta moments in it.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And and phoebe also points out she's like i never get to spend any time with cole which i feel like is a reference to the fact that cole's been pretty in and out of the show this season
1: yep so they get out of the attic and they're running down the street and piper's like well this isn't working i guess we should go back or something and then piper sees a guy snatch a woman's purse and decides to chase after him even though i have to point out that
0: that's entirely out of your purview as a witch and i
1: really feel like she wouldn't do that yeah but she runs into the street and she gets hit by a car she just stands there and tries to freeze it but it doesn't freeze because she's inside of her own head and inside of her own head she gets hit by the car
0: and we see outside of her head when she's on the when she's floating above the evil table we see a little thing of blood run down her uh face yeah
1: if you die in the illusion you die in real life i guess
0: yeah and the source talks about how hard it is to break into you know he's like this is draining a lot of my energy but i think i've almost got it and this year's like i is this is this really worth it come on why don't you just kill her and he's like no i can do this shut up (sighs) which uh
1: no one ever listens to the women in this show
0: yeah what if you have a woman who can see the future and her whole thing is just like Telling you what you should do, maybe you should listen to that woman.
1: I feel like if this seer and the Oracle and Kira all like join forces, now that's the power of three I'm interested in.
0: I mean, to be fair, until the weird way they get rid of the seer, the seer is by far the most competent character in all of Charmed. Mm -hmm. Weird going out like a punkness aside, the seer is one of the best characters overall in Charmed. So back at the manor, uh, Phoebe and Paige are trying all of the spells they can to contact or summon or whatever Piper.
1: Right, like to call a lost witch spell. The only one we see is them doing the to call a lost witch spell, but from the dialogue, we know they've tried a bunch of spells already.
0: I do love that Leo and Cole have gone into the underworld together to try to find... I, I, I It would have
1: been such a great web spin-off to see Leo and Cole as like angel and demon
0: partners. It's such a hokey premise, but I love it whenever Leo and Cole team up. And they're they're pretty competent. Like I love how Cole's kind of using Leo as like a hunting dog because leo needs to actually go down into the underworld it's harder to feel piper through the evil vibes so he needs Uh, to be there like in person
1: okay charmed i guess i shouldn't question the rules is what i've been told Mm. uh, when leo can and can't hear the sisters seems a little suspect to me but whatever
0: so phoebe's like wait a second If this is, if something's going on in her head and she starts flipping through the book, and then we go back into Piper's head where Alistair is reviving her with smelling salts.
1: Yes, Dr. Alistair is reviving her with smelling salts because, again, everything he knows about medicine is from the 1960s. So. Also, also less obvious, but still from the 1960s, is him just insisting that she stop being delusional. That's not that's not good quality of care. That's not good care. That's not... No. Bad. It's not best practices.
0: Again, the thing I really like about this scene is he's giving her a speech, which is theoretically about how she needs to choose to get better. She needs to choose to let this go. But it's pretty straightforwardly also a spell about her giving a...
1: A spiel! Speaking of psychiatry, nice Freudian slip.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a whole speech about how, you know, her life, like, she is just making life hard for herself. She is choosing to destroy all of these relationships in pursuit of something that is just going to hurt her and eventually get her killed.
1: And she knows how to stop it. She has the tools. She has the spell.
0: Yeah, he, he says, like, look, sometimes the only way to get through something is to literally get through it. If you give up your powers, if you give up your powers, it will help you get rid of this delusion. It will help you have a normal life. And Piper's like, ah!
1: he says, "You will be released from all of this,"
0: which really sounds like you know he's going to kill her. But the thing is, it yes,
1: we saw, we all saw, yeah. we all saw Phoebe's
0: uh, premonition,
1: and those are always true, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: But the thing is, this works as both like, look, I'm trying to trap you in a delusion, but also I'm literally giving you the thing you said you wanted earlier in this episode. I'm giving you an out here. I am the source of all evil telling you, Piper Hollowell, that if you want this to be over, it can be over. And she throws a bedpan at him and he's like, just think about it.
1: Once he leaves the room, she starts calling for Leo again, and down in the Underworld, we see Leo faintly hearing her call.
0: Yeah, he's doing his best, but, you know, there's so much evil in the Underworld, and there's a very annoying and distracting loop of people, like, stock sound effects screaming in the background, and he's like, it's just, it's really hard to concentrate. And also, there are demons. Cole's in a firefight with some demons as Leo's, you know, doing his bloodhound thing. And Cole's like, wait, I have an idea, I have an idea. Source still wants me. I'm going to let them take me. And theoretically, they'll take me to the source, which is, I guess, fair. Yeah. I, I mean. He
1: pretends that he got knocked out, even though nothing has flown in his direction in, like, 60 seconds. But... Well, well,
0: he gets a little lightning. He He stands out there and the guy hits him with, like, a little lightning. And he's like, blah. I'm, you know, unconscious or whatever. Blah.
1: Not a trap! Whatever. So... Back in the back in the illusion, Leo is talking to Piper and even though it's against the rules, they've been having sex. Um, gross. I know it's not real. I know, but it's so inappropriate. It's so inappropriate. I can't believe you would imagine that, Piper. So
0: inappropriate. And yeah. And Piper's like we're we are together we 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 broke the rules but it was okay we're married now and he's like no we're not married we had like one you had your dumb little witch ceremony but like if you get over if you get over this delusion then we can get real person married and like live in a house that i pay for with my doctor money because i have a job in this reality (laughs) and like we can have kids and you could even open up your restaurant you know the thing you actually wanted to do
1: restaurant that doesn't sound right
0: And, God, again, Holly Marie Combs just bringing it here. This is the bit where, like, you can make the argument that she does end up believing the delusion. But I really feel like what she's selling here is that this is just something Piper wants to believe. That there's not a point where she actually thinks that she's not a witch. But she just wants this so bad.
1: Oh, see, I don't even think it's that. I think it's her accepting not the illusion, but the truth that if she were to no longer be a witch, she and Leo could be together in a different, more solid way. Even though that's not true.
0: Yeah, but again.
1: he'd He'd still be a white lighter, Piper. How would you feel if he was answering someone else's calls all day long? throwing that out there. It doesn't seem like the kind of thing you'd be okay with.
0: But, like, that's sort of the out that she's taking here. She's like, this is her one chance, even though she knows it's not real. Mm-hmm. This is her one chance to experience something real. Something that's not, you know. Yeah. And.
1: I don't know if they're doing this on purpose, but when we see Leo in the underworld kind of lurking around, following Cole and finding, finding piper laid out on the slab he's got his left hand up against the stone of the underworld and his wedding ring is really heavily emphasized
0: Mm. so the doctors wheel piper out into the backyard which we haven't really seen the uh, hollow backyard have we
1: we have seen it a couple of times and it is a green space but not not this
0: and, like, a couple of cartoon butterflies, I think they're supposed to be real in-universe, but...
1: I, I think they're supposed to look as ridiculously cartoonish as they look because later when real Paige and Phoebe get down here, Phoebe says that they've landed in Mary Poppins's brain. Yeah. So, yeah, literal cartoon butterflies fly around Piper. And Leo's like, look, there's magic in the real
0: world. And, again, the thing is, Piper is clearly not buying this, but it is working on her. Like, this this isn't her believing it. This is her surrendering to it.
1: Yes, that's a yes, I like that. Anyway, Dr. Alistair's like, Hey, Piper, we've brought all your friends that you have become distant from to come see you.
0: And look, one of your friends had a baby. You know, that thing that you want, but you don't think you can have because of your magical life. Why don't you hold this baby, the thing that you want that you can have, the thing that will make you the thing that you always lacked.
1: The baby, by the way, is wearing the outfit that Piper gave Wendy at the baby shower. Which is great because you have to think that when Piper picked out that outfit, a piece of her was imagining like and her own baby wearing that outfit. It's it's a little cute long sleeve White jumpsuit with uh, leopard print cuffs. It's it's very cute.
0: And, like, the thing that really hits is, like, Piper starts crying. And you can just feel how heartbroken she is. Like, again, great, great acting from Holly Marie Combs. And, like, she's just so broken here. Again, it's... I know I've said it so many times, but this is the cruelest thing any demon has ever done on Charmed.
1: So... I don't want to break the mood here, but I'm going to anyway. Okay. I'm going to give... I'm going to give a VIP extra, not for any of her extra behavior, to um, the friend who you can barely see in the background of this scene. Not because of anything she's doing in this scene, but because her IMDB page is obviously maintained by her and has like... Like, this character has a name in the IMDb page, and, like, her, her filmography is all of this background extra work, but, like, she's given all of her characters' names, and, like, sometimes it's, like, it's, like, Jessie, comma, the girl who hands Joey his drink in the diner. <laughs> like, she's, she wants to be very sure you know who she is. So, you know what?
0: You hustle, girl! Well, it's that role (laughs) Carrie's going out for at the beginning of the other two. Guy who farts at party.
1: Guy who smells fart fart at party. Uh, Yes,
0: guy who smells fart at party.
1: But at least that's a commercial.
0: Mm. But, yeah, Piper is just, like, she's handed everything she wants, and then it is physically wrested from her.
1: Yeah. Wendy, the mom, is like, okay, well, that's that's enough baby time. See you later.
0: And... Piper is just, she's just crying and crying. And it holds on it for an uncomfortably long time.
1: Well, they were like, we have Holly Mary Combs. She can cry on, on screen.
0: Yeah, and it's nice. We're having her cry over something that's not Prue for, you know. Who? Yeah. <laughs> I do, I, I do really like that the emphasis in this episode isn't on, because you would think it would be about you can see Prue again. Mm. It's not about the past. It's about a future she can't have.
1: Yes. Well, and I think that's because, like you said, she doesn't believe in the illusion. She gives into the illusion. She, she would never give in to now you can see Prue again because she knows that's not true. But if she gives that magic, then there is a chance she could have a normal life. Even yep. though I feel like we know that's not true.
0: Well, the best lies are built on a grain of truth. Mm-hmm. Like, she knows... She knows on a practical level that this can never happen, but just the slightest possibility that maybe if she gave everything up.
1: Did I talk on microphone, I know I told you, my theory about what happens to Prue?
0: I don't believe so.
1: So we know that apparently their souls get recycled amongst the family because, like, Phoebe in the past was her own evil aunt and yeah. and such.
0: Yeah, we agreed to consider that non-canon, but yes.
1: So my theory is that the reason we never see Prue appear as a ghost is because Prue has already been reincarnated and is in fact Chris.
0: Yeah, which I think is a super believable theory and it makes the Chris stuff so much more interesting when you watch it.
1: So, you know, what I'm saying is, don't worry, Piper. You'll see Prue again in a couple of years when you give birth to her.
0: And when a future alternate version of her dies in your husband's arms.
1: It's okay, because it's not real, because it's a future that you're avoiding.
0: I'm so excited to talk about the Chris stuff, honestly.
1: It's like in the movie version of Lost in Space, where, like, the future version of their son comes back to them, and then the future version of their son dies, and they're all like, no! And it's like their actual son is right there, and it's like, well, how about if we just avoid that future? Except nobody says that. I remember the Roger, I think it was the Roger Ebert review of the Lost in Space movie that was like, it's the kind of, it's the kind of time travel that would make even a child jump up and shout. That's not how time travel
0: works. Well, honestly, I think the thing that makes Chris's death way more sad because the rest of the show, whenever Chris comes back from the future, treats him like future Chris, Mm -hmm. but he's not, he's from a different timeline. The Chris that we spent season five and six with, Mm -hmm. that guy, he died. Like, he's dead. And even though, you know, we see a Chris from a future in future episodes, that's not the guy who died.
1: Yeah. I mean, we really should be saving this for when Chris shows up. But yeah, it depends on what your your theory of time travel is. Yeah.
0: Although there's also some weird references that seem to... uh, There's some weird things he says that implies that he knows everything that happened. Like, he remembers... But he has
1: the memories of that future, Chris. You're right. Even though
0: that makes no sense.
1: That's not how time travel works!
0: Anyway, so Leo is alone with Piper in the garden, and he's like, Hey, you know what you need to do. You know you just need to say the spell three times, and you can have everything you want.
1: He says, say the spell and free us all. And remember... For whatever reason, she thinks that the page and Phoebe who are here are her page and Phoebe. Which means she also probably thinks this Leo is her Leo. Which means it's, she's not just getting the future that she wants. She's also freeing all of them from this illusion.
0: And I really like the fact, again, that Piper does not at any point believe that the illusion is real. Like, even getting her to say the spell doesn't require her to believe that the illusion is real.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like, in fact, the only reason to get her to say the spell is if she never actually believes the delusion.
1: Yeah. Back in the real world, Phoebe and Paige are going to do a spell to get inside of...
0: Paige in the worst pants ever.
1: Okay, so they're not pants. They're jeans.
0: They're like jean culottes.
1: No, no, no. They are jeans where somebody has... Cut them up up the inseam and then sewn them into a skirt that is threatening to reveal your vagina at every step.
0: I don't... I don't... I don't get what the logic of this garment is. It's ridiculous. It is a ridiculous thing to wear. But Phoebe has found a spell that will let them go directly into Piper's mind. They cast it. They're in the weird cartoon garden... They're just
1: like, hopefully I don't have to kick anyone!
0: And they rush over to Piper, and... And I, I like I like how Phoebe's like, this isn't real, and Piper's like, leave me alone.
1: Because she still thinks it's illusion.
0: Yeah. Phoebe. But yeah, Alistair enters the garden and is all, ha ha, you've lost her to us, even though, you know.
1: Okay, maybe don't count your chicks, Alistair, slash the source.
0: And... Is a couple of orderlies hold them back. Orderlies are holding Phoebe and Paige back while uh, Piper reads the spell out.
1: Mm-hmm. And then Leo comes in, and they're like, Leo, help us! And Leo's like, no, sorry, I'm illusion, Leo. Ugh.
0: And, and he's very upfront, like, obviously, again, illusion not supposed to be real. He's like, Piper, honey, say the spell. And she's like, yeah, I mean... I'm not buying the illusion thing, so it makes sense that you're using a pet name for me in front of your boss. Even though our romance is supposed to be secret, but she she reads the spell a second time, one more time.
1: Yep. Yeah, she has to say it three times for all of their powers.
0: This scene gets interrupted by Cole being dragged into the room by the bounty hunter demons. And I love how this year's like he's in the middle of something. This is this is not a good time. Can you just leave him here and I'll give you credit? And the demons are like no No, we
1: we need a receipt we're not we're not bounty volunteers mr the source
0: and leo's leo's kind of just hanging out and he's like okay fuck it and he, he orbs in between the two of them and he's like hey you know that thing where someone shoots a fireball at someone and that someone teleports out of the way and it hits the guy behind him we're gonna do that and they're they're like,
1: what? We're unfamiliar with this. Leo's like, ah, good.
0: Let me demonstrate. And he, he tricks one of the demons into fireballing the other demon. And then he just, he punches the surviving demon in the face, which, way to go. Leo's on a little bit of an action kick, isn't he?
1: Yeah. He gets Cole to wake up, though, because Cole has actual offensive powers. And Cole starts throwing energy balls at the source, but the source has, like, a force field around himself.
0: I do love how... Again, they established earlier in the episode that invading Piper's mind, understandably, is magically taxing on the source, and Mm -hmm. he's a lot weaker than he normally is.
1: Even the Oracle is screaming at him. She's like, stop fucking around with Piper or you're gonna die, because it's a big power drain.
0: Cole is breaking through, and Cole, in fact, does break through the force field that was... uh, that was protecting the source, he fucks up the source so badly that the source zoops out of being Alistair. Like...
1: He breaks the illusion.
0: The illusion that he's Alistair.
1: Yes, yes. and But also, like, all the orderlies that are holding Paige and Phoebe disappear.
0: Yeah, he's physically forced out of Piper's mind, although the delusion is still there.
1: Shouldn't the whole thing disappear?
0: No, I feel like it's something he's set up and he was maintaining, but Cole gets a really big energy ball ready to fry him, because, like, Cole has, by breaking the force field... Cole has massively effed up the source. Like the source is in rough condition.
1: Oh no! What's the source gonna do now? Sorry.
0: <laughs> well, well, Cole's about to legitimately finish off the source of all evil by himself when the Oracle jumps nakedly, boobs first, in front of. She's like, no, and she gets vaporized, and the source is like, oh, oh, well, thanks for the freebie, I'm out, and he evil, she, he he fire teleports out of there. I'm sorry. This is. This is a really cool episode, and this is the most I've liked the source. But also, he does not come off as threatening here. Like, he comes off as a guy who is legitimately barely hanging on to his power.
1: Well, it seems like what we learned from this episode is that he has really good devilish plans. But not actually as much power as he wants you to think he has.
0: I do really like this. The sort of evil contains the seeds of its undoing. Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that he basically wastes his minions like this the fact that he doesn't listen to the people who are telling him what to do the fact that he's not as powerful as he thinks he
1: honestly this makes a lot of sense because we saw the way he was able to so powerfully manipulate piper it makes sense that he's able to manipulate himself into a position of power amongst demons like that's that's his real skill the source of all evil is gaslighting (sighs)
0: Speaking of, Leo uh, starts healing Piper and he heals himself into her head and he's like, do you want to go? Like, I'm actual Leo. Do you want to actually leave now? And she's like, yeah.
1: This feels a little intrusive.
0: (laughs) She's like, yeah, I want all of the people who aren't supposed to be in my brain out.
1: And then everybody is back in their own bodies, back in the manor. And... (laughs) and phoebe's like "Ooh, cole now that we're not actively fighting evil let's go bone
0: yeah it's it's pretty great because they're all back in the manor and leo throws his arm over cole and he's like my buddy cole here really beat up the source real bad my best friend O' cole oh i love you so much buddy my pal cole cole and cole's like um i don't i don't i don't please stop this i this is why we don't team up more
1: it's not fair, but the amount of like physical chemistry that Julian McMahon and Alyssa Milano have together really, really undercuts Piper and Leo because I believe them more as brother and sister than as lovers. Like I wow. am not seeing it. Wow. And uh, I it's not fair because I know things that don't exist within the within the context of the show. But knowing that Brian Krause has a relationship with Alyssa Milano, I just, it feels like even Leo and Phoebe have a stronger, like, connection, have well, more chemistry Well, than... they have that,
0: like, separate friendship thing.
1: Yeah, but, like, even, even earlier in the episode when he was, like, standing over her, healing the cut on her forehead, I was like, those two are about to kiss. I, And you're right, they do have a separate friendship, and... That doesn't have to be sexual. That could totally be platonic, but...
0: They were actually having sex in real life. They
1: were actually having sex in real life, and I feel like a little bit of that comes out in the show. I I do not believe... For as good an actress as Holly Marie Combs is, I do not believe she's fucking Leo.
0: So everyone splits off into their separate fuck pairs, like...
1: Except for Paige, just to walk away alone.
0: Yeah, like... Phoebe's like, well... P- being in my sister's brain sure got me horny come on cole it's doink or i guess the fact that i'm dating someone who can basically almost take out the source of all evil on his own is super hot to me let's go have sex and leo's like hey piper i think that we should maybe wait until we destroy the source of all evil to try to have a baby but we can practice having a baby before that and piper's like okay but uh we are coming back to this, mister. We are coming back to the baby thing. The baby thing is going to be very big for the rest of this season. Because she do, they do start trying before they vanquish the source of all evil.
1: Yeah, I mean, of course. Like, why wouldn't you? It's not like, it's not like killing the source of all evil is going to end your demon fighting days. So I don't know why they're acting like it is. You know, I could
0: theoretically see thinking that it might like you might be like, oh, yeah, it's like Marvel movie logic, where if you take out the main guy, then all of his minions just fall over because there's no one left for Hawkeye to punch.
1: I guess it is better than um, what they do on Stargate, where every time every time one of the big bads is killed, we are told that that creates a power vacuum. That allows an even more powerful Gaul to take his place. And it's like, I'm sorry. If he was more powerful, why wasn't he? That makes no sense. Why are the bosses only getting stronger?
0: Okay, this is a thing I really like about later Charmed. I'm not sure how intentional it is. But I do kind of love that in the last couple of seasons of Charmed, there really aren't legitimate threats anymore. Mm -hmm. Like... They treat Sankou like a big deal, but he's not like
1: Wait, I'm sorry, you don't think Christie's a threat?
0: My God, Christy. Oh my God, Christy. Oh she had to steal Wyatt's powers to do anything. like Christ. come on. But I do really like the fact that after a certain point, there legitimately aren't threats to the charmed ones. I think that is an interesting conceit for this sort of show.
1: I mean, I brought up Christy sarcastically, but her whole thing is that, The Charmed Ones are, at that point, evil. And, I mean, Christy makes some valid points.
0: Get ready to buy your Christy made some valid points shirts.
1: I'm just saying, at that point, it seems like the antagonists of the show are the Charmed Ones themselves.
0: Mm. It's weird how they kind of have to bend over backwards to make Christy not right. And they don't do a good job of it.
1: Well, when we talk about that, I think we can talk at length about how... Often, usually, it feels like superhero movies do that, where you have a villain. I mean, that's that's the source of, you know, Magneto was right, and then and then our friends Jay and Miles's uh, take on that. Magneto made some valid points. Is that you put these you put these ideologies in the voices of your villains, and it's like, wait, that is right. So then you're like, oh, also they killed a bunch of babies. Because you have to make them evil, and it's like, you didn't do it with their ideology, so it's like, oh, um, he's an environmentalist, but also he blew up the heads of a bunch of heads of state. So, yeah, let's definitely take him down.
0: There's this really good Dorkley sketch, which is about Magneto versus the Avengers, mm-hmm. and, uh, like, he basically, he kills Iron Man right off the bat, and uh, him and he, like, just makes uh, captain america's shield fly away. and captain america's like okay okay hulk beat him up you've got no metal stuff hulk you beat him up and Magni was like okay really you're gonna send you're gonna send your big guy to beat up an elderly holocaust survivor who is trying to stop the mass genocide of his people and it, it pans to hulk and hulk's like i don't feel good about this i'm just gonna leave yeah yeah anyway so this was a really really good episode i think this is a top tier episode of charmed
1: i think it is yeah it's a strong episode i there were no mo- there was no astral projection in this episode there was and, and for an episode where somebody is trapped inside of a delusion to not have any moments where i'm so embarrassed that i want to leave my own body i feel like that in itself is an achievement oh yeah so uh speaking of
0: Yes, speaking of our segments, uh, much like the Charmed Ones, we have our own power of three. The first power in our pack is Premnition, who in this episode is, was, or will become famous. The guy who played Alistair is a person, Right. Okay. Because he was treated like a guest star, and I had no idea who this guy was. Okay,
1: Alistair was played by Alistair Duncan, who's one of those guys who's on, like, a single episode of every procedural ever.
0: He's the bad guy in a lot of stuff.
1: Also, he's a very prolific voice actor, and in the modern DC animated universe, he's, um, Alfred. Oh. Yeah. And I feel like I want a term for this, but I don't know what it would be. But I think it's the equivalent of what we were talking about with, um... With Phoebe touching the Book of Shadows, right? Where it's like, shouldn't you always get premonitions off the Book of Shadows? Yeah. So let me tell you who he played in, Buffy.
0: (laughs) Who did he play in Buffy?
1: He's the watcher who captures Faith after she wakes up from her coma. After they do this year's girl and she does the body swap thing.
0: Buffy and Faith's body, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's the one who captures her. So he actually appears in both Buffy and Angel as the same character. Because remember, he captures her in Buffy and then brings her over to Angel. Huh. Yeah
0: okay i'm just
1: saying (laughs) buffy right always be touching the hell mouth or something
0: well it just uh it was just weird to me because um you know charmed did a really bad body swap episode whereas buffy did a really good body swap episode and buffy did a really bad you know mental asylum episode whereas charmed did a really good one yeah but i guess like these are tropes that are common in modern fantasy
1: also to be it's not fair to like only put two episodes up there i feel like
0: the emp- yeah the empathy episode of charmed was basically the telepathy episode of buffy You're Oh, but shot. but
1: also also on a on a buffy to charmed face-off which we have plenty of it is the exception and not the rule that charmed wins <laughs> In a Charmed-Buffy face-off, as far as episode tropes?
0: Oh, that Charmed has more episodes with more tropes. I thought you meant that the Ch- Buffy, when Buffy and Charmed share episode themes, the Charmed episode was always better?
1: No, I meant opposite!
0: Opposite! Of opposite! That. <laughs> yes, Charmed is a show that relies more heavily on tropes than Buffy.
1: But in a face-to-face, like, when the tropes go up against each other... Buffy's gonna be the better episode 99% of the time.
0: Yeah, although, like, the Barbus episodes are generally really good, but also they're not gonna beat the whole Gaknar thing from, uh... Yeah. Gaknar is that right? The the actual size demon from I, the... Yes,
1: I believe that's... I believe that's the demon in Fear itself.
0: I might be thinking of the, uh, Gagnar's human rhymes from that one intro to, uh, Futurama. It's a Muncher Buncher Crunchy Human.
1: I mean, I could look it up. Eh,
0: I'm not whatever. going to,
1: but I do believe that's the name of that demon.
0: I guess Gagnar feels like a, a go-to fantasy and or sci-fi name. It's
1: a good generic demon name.
0: And or alien. So uh, let's go to our second segment, Time Freeze. What specifically dated the episode? The reliance on maps, like, that, like, the fact that you wouldn't just be scrying with GPS.
1: Well, since you already blew up my spot, though.
0: Sorry, I stole that from you. Yes, that was yours.
1: I'm also gonna say, uh, there's a mo- Oh, I just realized. I'm sorry, I can't- I, I just realized when Illusion Phoebe comes in to free them and is eating a chocolate chip cookie, and- page looks at her and says got milk and i was like oh time freeze milk i only just now put together that piper was thinking that in the back of her head because even in the state that she is in she's still annoyed at page for drinking all the milk and not putting it on the list
0: oh my god
1: (laughs) but also got milk it's a very time freezy thing
0: it is a very time freezy thing
1: chained down in her own illusion about to have her power stripped from her and she's still like god damn it Paige drank all the milk
0: Paige drank all the milk i
1: did not put it on the ground that is so piper that is
0: so piper <laughs> you're focusing on the wrong things
1: oh my god the iranian yogurt is not the issue
0: that's uh that's from uh the am i the asshole subreddit when Somebody is complaining about a problem that their partner has that belays a much deeper actual problem. Yes. Uh, it's a fiance was a yogurt collector or something, and OP accidentally ate one of the yogurts. And it's like, no, the problem is that your fiance has an entire basement full of refrigerators full of yogurt.
1: No, no, full of yogurt.
0: Not refrigerators?
1: Not refrigerated.
0: Oh, dear That God. was part
1: of the... Yeah, the, the Iranian yogurt is not the issue. And she didn't eat it. She threw it away because it was... Rotting. Rotting.
0: Okay, our final segment is telekinesis. What if anything genuinely moved you? And this was a good episode for it. Uh, I you think
1: sh- mine is going to be the same as yours, so you should go.
0: The Piper crying when she's holding the baby. Yeah,
1: it's,
0: oh. Again... I love how much they're letting her actual cry just... And again, 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 Holly Marie Combs just does Broken so well. You can just feel her giving up and it's just... Oh, it's so well done.
1: It is. It is. Ugh. So I think that does it for us for this week.
0: Yes, I believe that will about do it for this week.
1: Next time we're going to be talking about the episode Black as Coal.
0: Okay. The
1: IMDb description is Cole's past comes back to haunt him when a widow tracks him down seeking vengeance for her husband's death.
0: Oh, this is when Cole becomes human. This is when Cole loses his powers, which ironically puts him on the path to becoming the source.
1: It is. Cole's just such a good character.
0: Oh, and this. Yeah, this is a really good episode because this is a reckoning for Cole. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm excited. We're on a run of good episodes here.
1: We really are. So, um, until next time, our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maricruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan.
0: If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show.
1: We can also be contacted at ilovetelevisionzines at gmail.com or on Twitter at ilovetvzines.
0: So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Hallwell Manor.